This is Tuesday, February 1st, and recently there was an article that swept the news about the life of our son. Here's what it said in part. This is what will happen as our son begins to die. With no oxygen left to fuse in the core, a shell of fusion hydrogen will form around the helium-filled core, according to astrophysicist Julian Scudder. Gravitational forces will take over, compressing the core and allowing the rest of the sun to expand. Our star will grow to be larger than we can imagine, so large that it will envelop the inner planets, including the Earth. That's when the sun will become what's called a red giant, which it will remain for about a billion years. Then the hydrogen in that outer core will deplete, leaving an abundance of helium. That element will fuse into heavier elements like oxygen and carbon and reactions that don't emit as much energy. Once all the helium disappears, the forces of gravity will take over and the sun will shrink into a white dwarf. All the outer material will dissipate, leaving behind a planetary nebula. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of detail, and it sounds pretty terrifying how the sun will grow so large it will actually engulf our planet and life will be destroyed. Now, what was not said up front in that article is that this event will not take place for about 5 billion years. Yes, you heard that right. That means not any time soon. Don't worry too much about this. <laughs> One of the things that depressed the teacher of Ecclesiastes is that in the large sweep of time, we fit in what would seem to be less than a blink. In many ways, as you look at time, we, we don't really matter a whole lot. Actually, our teacher turns to this theme toward the end of his search. He says, remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and years approach when you say, I find no pleasure in them. Remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the well and the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the Spirit returns to the God who gave it. That's Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1, and then 6 and 7. Now, he would tell us to forget about the life of the Son and think about our own lives. Yes, our Son has an expiration date in the billions of years, but we're like the flowers of the field. We're here today, and tomorrow we're gone. In his study of time, this is the most depressing part for him. For our teacher, to talk of time is to talk of death. I'm not trying to give you a headache or a bad day, but to see where his study pushes us and the source of our hope. Our teacher can't see Jesus from where he stands. So all he can say is, enjoy life while you're young, because it's passing by so very quickly, and soon it will be over. Yes, this is what it means when the silver cord is severed, the golden bowl is broken. That is your end. It's my end. And this is where the preacher gets to, the end of what he can see under the sun. Everything he sees about life in our world. He has no good answers here. 
He can only say, carpe diem. You'd better seize the day because that's all you've got. And even our own sun also has its day. This is true, though the days of our sun are almost infinitely longer than our own. You see, our teacher is not trying to depress us. He's only speaking honestly to push us toward God, to push us toward a greater truth, to living our lives with a different horizon, you might say. That's what we looked at on Sunday. We think of our lives as the time we have and from now until our death. But you see, that's only life under the sun. It doesn't take into account what God has planned for those that are His. The problem is that though we know, as the Scriptures promise, that surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's Psalm 23, 6. We live our lives with such a short horizon not taking eternity into account. There's a wonderful hint to this in chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes, where we read, He, that's God, has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. That's verse 11. Yes, though we cannot see how God is working things out, we have eternity in our hearts. In other words, we know we were made for more. We know that God made us for himself, and we will find, find our home ultimately in him. Yes, that means that long after the core of the sun melts and the hydrogen of the sun has been depleted, you will continue to have a place with God. Yes, you will dwell in his house forever. How do we know this? We have this on good word from the one that rose from the dead, the Lord Jesus. Now that makes one wonder how we might live our lives if eternity with God became our new horizon. If we began to live with the truth of our destiny, the knowledge that our spirit will return to the God that made us. How might we then live? Let's pray. Loving Lord, we easily get stuck in time and trapped in a way of thinking about our lives that misses the point. You've planned for us to be with you. So take us captive with a sense of your purpose for our world and for us. You've promised to make all things new in Jesus. Help us to live daily knowing this, trusting this is so. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.